Um, I have the great privilege of sharing the scripture with you again today, and uh, it is in Luke chapter 2, and I think they might actually be up there. Yes, that's too new. And I'm going to read from the ESV translation, and it reads this way, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present to him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of Moses, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Father. What a wonderful story. So many affirmations of your gifts. Thank you in your name. Amen. You know, you probably do too, but I find God to be just absolutely amazing. All the time he is amazing me. And it's not so much about things in my life or events, but as I'm reading he had all these different ways to get people where he wanted them at the right time. We talked last week about how um, he used the great greed of a pagan emperor to get Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem in order to have the child in accordance with the scripture. And now he's using portions of the law to take them after the baby was born, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord because the firstborn male belonged to God. 
And there was actually a ritual um, where they kind of had to buy him back from God in order to keep him and raise him for themselves and, and raise him up. But he was always devoted to God, more so than any of the other children in the family. Didn't mean they couldn't be devoted, but this one was required by the law. And so this happened uh, when the child was about 41 days old. Circumcised the eighth day, there were 33 more days. I think that comes up to 41, I don't remember for sure. But, um, you know, that was the moment. Now, the, the temple is a huge place. And there are all these different places. There are, are porches, and some of them are covered, and some of them are open. And, you know, Mary and Joseph, they could have been anywhere there, bringing their child to be presented to the Lord with a small sacrifice. People who had money were required to give a lamb. People who didn't, and they didn't, were required to give whatever it was here, a couple of pigeons or a couple of turtle doves. It was still something that cost them in order to present him to God. You know, we just had an offering here a little bit ago, and I remember when uh, I was first starting to walk with Jesus, I was in my teens, and I was employed. So it's not like I didn't have any money. But I bet you I was, it was a couple of years before I realized, wait a minute, that's for me too, the offering. I didn't need to have a lot of money, but it was just something that God had given to me to do. And it was when I first realized this is part of worship. And this is what they were doing. It wasn't just law. It was worshiping God, giving thanks for their firstborn. And of course, they knew something that not very many other people knew. And as far as they knew, no one else knew. Son of God, not son of Joseph. Son of God. And imagine, there's all these people that are gathered around in the temple and, and milling about. It was like a marketplace in a way. People went there. You know, today we call it a third place. You know, if you aren't home and you're not at work, you go to the temple. Or you go to the marketplace and shop. So they had malls, and then they had this other place called the temple. I wish church were third place, but it's not. And there they are. And some dude... Old, probably, comes up and says, I want your kid. I'm going to hold him. And what does it say about him? We have no other passage of Scripture that refers to this man. We don't know where he came from. We don't know why he was doing this, other than the fact that he was. We don't know what his name is, other than his first name. And he comes up to them. I mean, imagine if you're carrying your baby and they're 40 days old. And some guy says, I, let me hold your baby. You know, people come here with new babies and say, let me hold your baby. Sure, it's kind of a safe place. It's not big. And um, that's what happened. But what do we know? We know he was righteous. And as we have talked about so many times, righteousness does not come from what we do. It does not come from what we don't do. It comes to us because we believe. 
Remember, all those years ago, we go back to Genesis 15, Abraham believed God and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. He believed God that he was going to make him into a great nation. He believed God that the Messiah, the Redeemer, was going to come from him in some future generation, and it turned out to be a very long time, close to 2,000 years, I think. And that's the faith that we're talking about here. The righteousness that is proclaimed, given, not because of what we do, but because of what God at that point had promised to do. And this is the beginning of the fulfillment. It also says that he is devout. That's a little different thing. That has to do with the living out of our faith in the ways that God has given us to live. We call it the law. But sometimes, you know, when we're living in Jesus, when we're living in faith, it isn't just required doing. It's the thing that I don't know to do that God wants me to do. And then once I get to doing it, it's like, yeah, this is great. That's what the law is about for those who believe. It isn't to punish. It isn't to restrict. It is to give us God's things to do. He got it. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel that he, now, that he knew was going to come through this little baby. And it was the Holy Spirit who was upon him. You know, we only read about that. I think I counted them. There are only six times that it says that in the scriptures, when the Holy Spirit was upon someone until we get to the book of Acts and the day of Pentecost, and now the Holy Spirit is filling everybody who believes. It was different. Why did God do it that way? I have no clue. I just know that it is right, and I rejoice in what he has given back then and the way he's given it now. And it was the Holy Spirit who drew him there at just that moment. You see, Mary and Joseph had an appointment with two people. He didn't, they didn't know they had an appointment. And they didn't know the people that they had an appointment with. But God got them there at the same time as the others. It's an amazing thing. And then, and then he goes on to talk about these wonderful things. He blessed God, and he said, now you can, I can go in peace. God had put a totally different kind of burden in this man's life, and that is you're not going to die until you see the Christ. He didn't know his name was going to be Jesus yet, but until you see the Christ, you will not die. Why is that a burden? Well, you're constantly looking for it all over the place. Did he really want to die? It depends on how old he was. But he wasn't going to do it, and he knew how long? We don't know. When did God tell him? The week before? I don't think so. I think it was years and years and years before when God laid this on this man's heart, and he said, be on the lookout. This is going to happen, and you have a message for them. My eyes have seen your salvation you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people. This was a message 
for Mary and Joseph. I love the way God constantly reaffirms and reaffirms the overall message that he had given them 10 months before. You're going to have a baby, even though you're not married. And that baby is going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit, and he will be called Son of God. And now he's taking total strangers to them, not to God, total strangers, and he's affirming that message again. But he has more to say. This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. People were going to perish because of unbelief. In this child, and others were going to be raised up into eternity because of this child. Said like it's a little bit obscure, but you know, that's how prophecy is sometimes. And then there's the little warning a sword, he's talking to Mary, will pierce through your own soul so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. He's pointing to the cross with Jesus' hands and feet nailed to it and the spear piercing his side. He's warning her, it's not going to be like today, every day. Some days are going to be pure misery as you see your child murdered so that we all may live. It's wonderful. Not so much for Mary. Then there's somebody else showed up. A prophetess. I looked that up too. That word prophetess doesn't show up very often either. And it's not always prophets of the Lord that they are talking about. Sometimes they are not prophets of the Lord. They are prophets for themselves or something like that. But there are very few. And here's one of them. And we get a whole lot more information about Anna than we did about Simeon. We we get the name of her father, the tribe that she was in, the, the, the tribe of Israel, Asher, that she was advanced in years. We get an approximate age, you know, uh, scholars look at the way that the, uh, the addition here in, in some different ways. Some believe that it was, she was married. We don't know how old she was. Lived with her husband seven years. He died. And then she lived on until she was 84. And then there are some who look at the language and say, it actually is from that point of, you know, when her husband died, lived another 84 years. She could be a hundred and some. And all of that time, alone, but not alone. All of that time, she was in the temple, worshiping, fasting, prayer. And the thing that makes someone a prophet is that they can't shut up. They just want to speak God's words all the time. So she's in the, prophet, in the, in the temple all the time. She's hearing it being read two or three times a day. And she's praying it. She's praying for her own people. And then as she's getting around, she's telling everybody 
about the promise to Israel. We've got to forget these nasty ways that we always have. We've got to get rid of our unbelief and we need to return to the faith that God has given to us. And she saw that child and she began to give thanks and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. I have this image in my mind, which is not all that well sanctified, but I think it works pretty well. She's here, Simeon's there, Mary, Joseph, the baby, and now she sees him, and she knew too. And so she's walking around and telling all the people that are there, this is the Savior. Wait, come on, really? Baby? From where are you guys from? Nazareth? Ah. This is the Savior, and she couldn't stop saying it. And the language here has the idea of her starting then and just saying it again and again and again for however many days she had left, and we don't know how many they were, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Redemption. Redemption. That means bought and paid for. When I was a kid, uh, there were um, green stamps. Anybody remember those? You know, and um, you know, and so they came from the grocery store and who knows who knows where else. And my mom saved them all. And then you had to lick them and paste them in these books. And when you got so many books, you could go to the redemption center and get something for free, but not really, because you still had to buy stuff in order to get the stamps. And I remember I needed a sleeping bag to go on a winter camp out with the Boy Scouts. And we got this really chintzy thing and I almost froze to death. But the whole idea is that we go someplace to redeem something. And this is what he has done. He has bought us back. He has bought us from the devil. Paid with his own life, his blood. He bought us back. And it's not just Israel. It's all of us who believe. It's a marvelous, wonderful thing that God has given. And the amazing thing is there were two people. You know, Mary and Joseph, they had to be told by angels. Along the way, people kind of got it when they saw Jesus do the miracles, things like that. When he spoke God's words. And here were two. Two affirmations from places that Mary and Joseph never would have dreamed they would be there. And the message that day was for them. To hold them up. To boost their faith. To stay the course. To do the right thing in guarding and raising this child as a child for the Lord. Who in fact is the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, so many things, so many things that you do, too new. And along the way, Lord, people knew, they learned, they saw, they saw miracles, they heard words. But none of us can say that we have arrived at the truth quite like these two. I know people that have been saved by reading 
the scriptures. Got a call late at night one night from somebody I'd been talking to about Jesus, and the words that came out of his mouth were, Jesus is so cool. And he came to faith by reading the word. And these two was different. See, God chooses people sometimes. And Lord, we thank you that you have chosen them for this role in the life of Jesus and, his, and Mary and Joseph. Lord, I pray that you would choose each one of us and that you would make that choosing remarkable in our lives. Choose us not only for righteousness through faith, but choose us for things that you will call us to do and let us too be devout like Simeon and let us too tell everyone we know about Jesus. Thank you in your name. Amen.